It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. How good is Australia? Have a go. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Get a job. Have a go. To start a business. Start a family. To buy a home. Have a go. Have a go. And get a fair go when they have that go. Get a job. Work hard. Work hard. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. This is the best country in the world in which to live. Work hard. Welcome, listeners, to the Have A Go podcast. Hope you're doing well out there. My name is Dave Edwards, and with me, my co-host, Dane Eldridge. Dane, welcome to the show, mate. Great to be here with you again, mate, as a concerned Australian, a fellow concerned Australian, and let's uh, lift Australia to the nostrils and have a sniff of the tannins, mate, see what's doing. <sighs> what are you getting there, mate? Any, any hints? Any tones? Woody undertones. Yeah. Uh, rough texture. Any minerals? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can taste the yeah. nickel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mate, we're talking today about Canberra. Oh, yeah. The nation's capital the home of our federal parliament, the centre of national politics and the beating heart of the public service. I mean, Australia's a democracy mm. and it's our right to elect the nation's best and brightest to the halls of power to debate all the big issues facing Australia today. Mm. Mate, how good is Canberra? Canberra's fantastic, mate. I mean, we live in a country, a land of sweeping plains, rugged outback, beautiful beaches, um, but we're run by a bubble of elites in a built-for-purpose city in a regional area. Mm. It's good though, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Uh, let's go back in history, in yep. time. Let's just see where Canberra came from. Didn't just pop up. No. There was a bit of thought went into it. We yep. had to put the capital somewhere and it you know, turned out to be Canberra. Mm. How'd that happen? <laughs> so basically after Australia Federated in 1901, it needed to choose a national capital. Yeah. We're growing up. Got yep. to sort this out. Mm. And due to the long-standing rivalry between Victoria and New South Wales, wasn't allowed to be in either Sydney or Melbourne. No. That was a strict rule yep. that was made. So according to the constitution... The new capital would be built in New South Wales as long as it was 100 miles from Sydney. Yes. Yep. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's an interesting kind of stipulation. It is, isn't it? So it seems like a really basic sort of plan, isn't it? Mm. Well, we can't have one or the other, so let's just build in the middle. Yeah. But, um, but obviously Melbourne had to have its pound of flesh, didn't it? It said, well, if it's going to be in your state, it needs to be at least 100 miles from Sydney, But yeah. which is fine. I mean, it, yeah, so it means Canberra is still closer than the latest urban development area for Sydney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprised they didn't choose like the southern highlands, like Barrel or somewhere. Yeah, you know, somewhere somewhere Where elites like to flock these days. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, exactly. Something a bit more more postcardy, yeah, yeah, but I guess they're there to work. So you know, we don't want them um, distracted mm. by. Alan Jones has a house in the Southern Highlands as well. So That's right. he yeah. used to broadcast from there as well. Uh, anyway, so federal <laughs> parliamentarians they selected this site, uh, and and several hundred name they had to find a name for the capital. Yep, and several suggestions were made, including Utopia, really, Democratia, Empire City, and Aryan City. Okay, right. Yeah. Aryan City. Aryan City. <laughs> was, Sorry, was I just mooted. Said, okay. Yeah, I think Boaty McBoatface was, was yeah, mooted it was as well. <laughs> uh, but in the end, they settled on what was a local Aboriginal word, okay. allegedly, okay. and that was Canberra. Right. Um, so an American architect had to design the capital. Yep. And so this was Walter Burley Griffin. Yep. You may have heard the name. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be a garden city. Yeah, right. With these beautiful grand avenues um, linking the government and the civic centres. Mm. Uh, concentric patterns of residential suburbs set in forest reserves and parks. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Mm. But bureaucrats um, hampered the execution of his design and it was Mm. eventually handed over to a committee to finish the job in 1920. So good early example of public service in action. Surprised it actually got done. Um, Over time and over budget as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, over time, the National Parliament finally moved to Canberra in 1927. Yep. 
And it was only in the 1950s when Menzies, the Prime Minister, accelerated the transfer of the public service departments from Melbourne to Canberra. So mm. from the 50s, the real Canberra as we know it is, is kind of when that came That's about. That's the quintessential Canberra that's been there for, what, about 70 years yeah. now, which is basically the headquarters for the public service. And, and no wonder they, they uh, the, the locals there have rated their city one of the best for livability. Yeah. I mean, no wonder everyone's out of work by afternoon tea. I mean, there's the traffic snails done by three o'clock in the afternoon. Who mm. wouldn't love that? <laughs> Um, but, you know, as you said, Canberra is the home to all the big dogs. Yeah. Um, so we've got all the foreign embassies are there, uh, all the lobby groups, um, yep. the AIS, uh, Summonats. Um, yep. yep, yep. So all the, all the big ones are there. And that's um, why, you know, on paper, it is our national capital. Yeah, that's right. So let's look at the parliament quickly. Yep. And again, let's not go into details. Let's be yep. very quick and brisk over this. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's not get ourselves into any hot water. So basically two groups, two yep. political parties have dominated uh, politics in Australia. Yep. We know that. We're a two-party system, basically. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Labor and the Coalition, which is actually comprised of the Liberal Party and the Nationals. Mm. So since the Liberal Party was formed in 1944, these two groups have formed every single federal government. Right. Okay. Uh, the Liberal Party. So let's define what the Liberal Party is. It's yes. A, it's a centre-right political party, I think you'd say. I think yeah. It, I think it stands for economic liberalism. That's right. So free market. Free market. Yeah, Small that's right. Small government, that kind of gear, yeah. Basically, like they call themselves, um, yeah, they represent business middle classes in the country. They call themselves a broad church. Yeah. So anyone's welcome, provided Queensland approves. That's right. Yeah. So, um, so if you're in the Liberal Party, you're on the inside. That's right. Mm. And then the Labor Party. Yes. That was descended from the emerging labour movements. Yes. Um, kind of late 19th century. So very working class roots. Mm. Uh, and now it stands for, well, I don't know, actually, <laughs> what the Labor Party stands for. Whatever the Greens tell them to do? Pretty much, yeah. I was just yeah. yeah, Social Democratic Party underpinned by the unions movement, if I was just a, off the top of my head, yeah. and supposedly represents the interests of the working class, uh, provided they live in Yarra or Paddington. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I mean, the average working person who lives in a 1.9 million Roselle apartment overlooking Birkenhead Point. Barbecue Australia. Yep. Uh, so that's the parliament itself. I mean, the parliament, the people that comprise the parliament. Let's look at the typical parliamentarian profile. Mm. I mean, if you kind of boiled it down, if you did an identity kit mm. of the typical parliamentarian, he'd probably be a white man. Yeah. Probably aged between, what, 40 and 60. Mm. Mm. You know, maybe he's previously worked as a political staffer. Mm. Probably believes in God. I'd say probably so. Probably has a wife. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know if you're aware, mate, but an academic named Donald Horn wrote in a mm. book back in 1964. He said, Australia is a lucky country yeah. run mainly by second-rate people. That's right, who share its luck. Yeah, that's right. It's probably a harsh way to describe Rupert Murdoch. But, mm. um, but yeah, look, and, you know, this extends to our parliamentarians, okay? So, yeah. yeah, if you wanted to distill down the typical parliamentarian, I'd say that, you know, they, they understand real Australians um, despite coming from a gated mm -hmm. community. Um, Thanks to focus groups. That's right. That's right. They got the usually got like a student council heritage. Yeah, you know what I mean, just being a pesky asshole yeah. at school. You know, soir. <laughs> that's right. And they've usually smoked but never inhaled. Yeah, 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 yeah. Usually yeah. those guys. Um, and if you're from the Nats, you probably wrote an edgy article for a uni newsletter back in the day. Uh, yeah. And by edgy, I mean homophobic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and still kicking around. Someone what, take, took a screenshot of it. How did it, how's it still, how did it get online? Yeah, I know. I mean, how, is, is anything not digitized anymore? I mean, no. there's nothing, you cannot get away with anything these days. You can't but, get away with a single thing these days. I think, you know, speaking of that, I mean, there are some edgy MPs and senators. I mean, we love a Rogue MP, don't we? We do in don't Australia. We? We've got plenty to to point to. I mean, Andrew Lamming at mm, the moment. Mm. I mean, he's well, he's not had to undertake empathy training. That's right, uh, and he's all sweet now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then you got the blokes like Craig Kelly and George Christensen. Yep. Clive Palmer was in there, like mining magnates. 
It's a, it's yeah. an eclectic mix of white blokes, isn't it? That's right. It just goes to show that you know we live in a democracy and anyone can um, represent their constituency, provided they've got a shitload of money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, uh, Dr. Andrew Lamming is the latest um, mm. it man or it girl of um, of, of the uh, the rogue MP movement, isn't he? Yeah. He's got a pretty big rap sheet, but he um, basically just did it all because he's got ADHD. Uh, yeah. So what he said, though, it was the ADHD that made me do those upskirts, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. um, but basically, you know, there's one there's one common thread that runs through all the rogue MPs, and it's just they're all religious nutters. I mean, the, why does the Bible send these blokes mad? I don't know. And how do they slip the net? Something, something towards the back of the Bible? Yeah. I've never read it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, back, I think it's um, John 3, 17, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Respect women unless yeah. you've got I never got get a, past 3, 16. No, I don't. But I think it was uh, respect women unless you've got a majority in the Senate. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. That sounds like John. And do you uh, also remember the bonk band, mate? From uh, who, Barnab- can, who can forget that? I mean, now, one of Malcolm Turnbull's greatest achievements, I think, <laughs> well, during his time in power. Trumped SSM in my mind. Uh, but I mean, look, when we heard about the bonk band, we heard about Barnaby Joyce, mm. you know, having sex with one of his staff. I don't want to think about that. Well, it's like when we first heard about it, Australia just winced like the first time you learned that your parents had sex. <laughs> it was just, it was just squirmy, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yuck. Yeah. And then you got like Craig Kelly, like he's an absolute fruitcake too, yeah. isn't he? Now, I think he's, did Facebook take down one of his posts the other day? I think they did. Um, but, they, you know, they used to pride themselves on, you know, keeping yeah. the bastards honest. And yeah. now they're just trying to get us to inject bleach. Uh, so we've touched on it just then. But the culture of Canberra, that's mm. come under fire. And to be fair, with good reason yep. uh, in many instances. Mm. A lot of that is really due, I think, uh, possibly to the fly-in, fly-out culture mm. of Canberra. So it's nothing against Canberra itself. Lovely city, beautiful, mm. thriving jazz jazz culture mm. and, you know, cafes and mm. they're very leafy and lovely and wide yep. roads. Mm. Um, but blokes, predominantly bloke-heavy parliaments, men away from their families, boys on tour. Yeah, boys that on tour. That is it. Staying, staying in soulless service departments yep. during sitting week. You could either stay inside and watch, you know, Sky News or, or you could go out with colleagues. You could have a few beers, yep. go to a Canberra night spot. Mm. And just, you know, let the night get away from you. It's, it's it's dangerous, isn't it? It is, mate. And it makes me question, you know, the state of politics. You know, all these Aussie men who are claiming that they enter politics because they love their country. Yeah. But really they just want to have extramarital affairs while claiming rental allowance. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's just their dream, it sounds like. But, I mean, look, and some big names have fallen foul, haven't they? Mm. Christian Porter, you know, um, yep. Alan Joyce. Uh, that's Alan Joyce. Barnaby Joyce, sorry. Alan Tudge, even as a Bill Short. And rumours that went around, there yeah. rumours, and even John Howard, you know, he was he wasn't even immune. I'm not going to say what happened. No. You can Google it. But when a man of his standing, of his gravitas, is pulled into the tractor beam of rumour, yeah. I mean, you know that Canberra's got a strong one down there. Yeah. Well, I mean, all jokes aside, there is a review into the culture of parliamentary workplace. Yeah. Um, and while we do fucking love a review in Australia, that's probably one that is well overdue. Mm. But I mean, should we? be so preoccupied with what these people do. I mean, we, we elect them in mm-hmm. to serve our country. Is their personal lives, I mean, problematic aspects aside, is, do mm. we, why do we care so much about what they get up to? Should we? Yeah, I mean, yeah, looking at it from the other side, I mean, you know, pork barrelling, allegations, cover-ups, mm. I mean, it's pretty bad, but it hasn't yeah. it always been bad? I think it's always been bad. Yeah, I mean, look, look back into the 1982, mate, the colour TV affair. Yeah. You know, a bloke just didn't declare a gift and he was punted. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I think imagine so. losing your job from the bloody duty-free high sense TV. <laughs> 
Do you think it's these guys ever grow up? I mean, we talked about it before, how they kind of just go through uni, they become staffers, they get into politics. Mm. I mean, think about the type of person that becomes a politician. He's mm. a nerd. Mm. I mean, mm. occasionally you'll get someone with a bit of life experience, maybe an ex-SAS soldier, mm. maybe someone like Malcolm who's, you know, had a, mm. a wonderful corporate and legal career, you know, mm. in, involved in, you know, the tech startup scene. Yep. Uh, but too often they're just career politicians who yep. spent their lives climbing the greasy pole of power. <laughs> That's right. Um Maybe they need to do what Craig Bellamy does at the Melbourne Storm in the off-season where he just sends his players off to work on a work site every yeah. couple, for a couple of days just for a bit of perspective. I mean, look, I mean, look imagine it. I'm not going to sit here and tut-tut. I mean, imagine yep. just having a long lunch at the National Press Club, yep. a couple of Pinot Gris, and then you just kick on with a couple of froth dogs down at the public bar back at 5 o'clock to pass mm. a bill on the Snowy Hydro. It sounds like the life. Have a go. Single fellas? Yeah. Been putting off joining a dating site? Yeah. Is that because you've got no phone credit or self-worth? Then why not try Budget Singles? While our name is of major concern, you don't have a choice because... You ain't got nobody. Trust Budget Singles. Our screening is based on honesty, meaning some of our singles may have a criminal record or a penis. But doesn't matter because... Try budget singles today because you've been at Wi-Fi hotspots so long, you're unappealing and probably infertile. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. Well, I like Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm. Malcolm. I like, like, I like Malcolm very much. But I'll tell you, so Scott is a great gentleman, and, and, and I really think they're both very good people. But I've developed a very special relationship with Scott. Scott, 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 Scott. Jennifer, his wife, is somebody that loves, loves your country very much. I can tell you that we spoke for a while, and she truly loves your country. Gives me great pleasure, as always, to welcome friend of the show, social commentator, leading Australian comedian. An all-round good guy, yeah. Luke Heggie. Heggie, That's welcome me. back. Mate. Welcome. Especially the leading part. Yeah. Mm, mm. I mean, absolutely, mate. Talking about leaders, we're talking about Canberra today. Oh, Parliament. Excellent. Our nation's capital. <laughs> yeah. What does Canberra mean to you? Well, Canberra, when I was a kid, Canberra just used to be a place that you'd hear that a rugby league player who might have accidentally befriended a pedophile policeman <laughs> would get shipped off to Canberra yeah. to flourish. With, yeah. the, with the green machine, <laughs> unimpeded by the constraints of, of morals. Uh, stop at the border. It's a bit like Cannonball Run. Like, oh, run him out of town. Yeah. Like, he hasn't really done anything wrong, but he's friends with a pedophile. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> um, let's get him out of here. He could be big. He could be a big player. Yeah. Like, no, let's protect him. Um, straight down to Canberra. Yep. Never okay. heard of him again. So it's like, it's like international waters down there Pretty at the much, time. Yeah. yeah. Now, well, it's just, now they just ship them all into Parliament House. Don't yeah, they? straight yeah. in, straight in there. Um, <laughs> I took a uh, we took a, a much needed road trip once, a bit of R and R from right. Brisbane in my seventy eight Corolla down to Canberra. Uh, got there in one hit, mm. um, filled the boot up with fireworks, <laughs> and then just drove back, hoping no one would rear end us <laughs> on the way, and had a fucking whale of a time. Yeah, it was it was a good, it was a good little joint the ACT back then when you could just get contraband. So so all the all the all those stories are true. Like I mean, um, you know, like you hear about it and, and you ask a Canberran and they'll just vigorously deny that all those tropes are no, know, actually true. We're full of wine true. bars and you know the yeah. public service yeah, high income people. But actually, they still a, got a back room full of blow up dolls, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> VHS five packs, still trying to flog them. Yeah. Can't get rid of them. It's like merch, yeah. just trying to get rid of this stuff. 
We'd have blow up old Tide to the Roof all the way back. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting on the top there. And you can't Good. drive through Fishwick without having a doobie put in your mouth. Like, oh, I mean, you absolutely. know, it sounds like Stop a utopia, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, why are they getting away from these things? Yeah. yeah. yeah the window weird. window washer guy comes up to you and you go, no, thanks, mate. No, thanks, mate. You go, no, I think. And they just put a bong through the door. <laughs> there you go. Have a toke. <laughs> your windows are fine. <laughs> I mean, I've never experienced this Canberra. I mean, I, I remember going down there on a school trip. I mean, did you ever go down to Canberra? I on didn't the, the mandatory. No, yeah, no. I'm from Sydney's regional school, so right, you couldn't afford okay. it. Yep. But, you know, went to the Parliament House, went to the old AIS, Australian Institute of Sport. That was big back in the yeah, 90s. Yeah. Don't hear about that much anymore. No, what happened to that? I don't know, mate. Well, our sporting, our national sporting institutions have all gone downhill oh, because gone they're down all the conducting tube. cultural reviews into. Yeah. It's because it's all run by public servants, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been the problem with everything. Yeah. <laughs> we went down once. We went to the AWM, the War Memorial, yep. no less. And uh, actually, the very site where I bumped into and got a photo with the Honourable Tony Abbott. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, right. Was he in his budgies? Yeah. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was, uh, he was very personable, actually. Yeah. Uh, myself and fellow comedian Nick Cody got a photo with him, put it up straight up on the internet, and it went off. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, I hope you punch him in the head. Folks. <laughs> yeah, well, this is, well, hang on. Hang on. He was, he was quite gentlemanly. And, uh, I've heard he's quite personable. Mm. Oh, yeah. I have heard that. Very nice guy. Well, what, was his, um, what was his rank at the time? Was he? I'm assuming the PM's not just, you know, just rolling oh, no, around the was, AWM. He was. He was the PM is that at right? the time. Was he like and, uh, surrounded with security detail and stuff no, like that? No, not at all. Okay. We just got a photo with him, quite a good bloke, and uh, I offered for him to come down and do five, do a tight five at the top of my show <laughs> that night at the Canberra Comedy Festival. He uh, yeah. politely declined. Just say, yeah. stop the boats 48 yeah. times in succession. <laughs> yeah. Then on the way out, I pinched his pushbike. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking That's of our politicians, I mean, they are highly paid. They're yeah. given great powers over us, the populace. Mm. Um, I actually looked at the figures. So the base pay for senators and MPs is over 200K. And that's mm. just on 2019 figures. So they're probably mm. being paid, you know, an extra 50K by now, mm. COVID aside. I think so. Do you think they're earning that wage? Are they earning their keep, our politicians? Well, I mean, there could be more larrikins down there. <laughs> I've never never seen a politician who's ever drunk from a tap or, you know, <laughs> gone car surfing, for example, <laughs> yeah, in his youth. They uh, Nerds with power. Everyone Aren't knows. You get, you get a nerd and you add power to that, you're going to end up with a fucking pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. Nerds science. made good, the worst. Yeah. And they're yeah. the blokes in charge. Well, they don't have life experience, do they? No, they Because they go not. from, you know, university to being political advisors, mm. offsiders, and then they go into... And then pre-selection straight into their the first big... dealings with the blue collar filth, uh, as in the top job, mm. the PM on the election trail, who go to a factory and call people cobber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's yeah. not, not going to do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I'm driving a forklift at the moment, so you might want to correct that. Yeah. Um, do you, do you, like, what do you think is the the solution? I mean, look, Australian politics are in in, in a bit of a bad state. Well, how do we pull these blokes into line? Do you think? Well, we've got to flush more heads, don't we? I mean. <laughs> These, these guys haven't been turned upside down and had their lunch money taken for some time, and I reckon you get a fair bit of money, like a $200,000 lunch. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a good a time. A few cans of E. Yeah. Well, maybe we need to apply um, modern school bullying practices on, on these nerds. You know, they used to, used to flush the heads. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we need to cyber bully uh, or, you know, until taunt them until they develop an eating disorder or something like that. So, something. Something's yeah. got to happen because there yeah. is, as they say, a cultural problem. Yeah. Yes. And whenever the word culture gets mentioned in a workplace, it involves stiffies of some description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That's true. <laughs> Men up to no just good. Just say the word. Yeah. Don't use culture. Yeah, it's a stiffy, it, let's it's use a stiffy the word. problem. I mean, speaking of that, what do we could we suggest maybe chemical castration? Well, yeah. I mean, these days politicians, you know, they have the swearing in mm. ceremony. They put their hand on a Bible. Mm. She was nipping while we're at it. Oh, I mean, why not? They've got to sit there for a long time in those big velvet chairs mm. uh, all day sometimes. You're going to get an ambush stiffy every now and then, like like a 13-year-old boy on the bus. It just appears, yeah. busting its way through the slacks. And they've got to, they've got to sit every now and then. They've got to stand up. But yeah. Embarrassing. The, yeah, the Governor-General's not doing enough at those swearing in ceremonies. No. No, I think they need to, you know, take the bloody knife to them, don't you think? No, oh, yeah. I, I, I think, think we should so. get a surgeon in there. Yeah, yeah. And I just mean, do a quick chemical castration. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we've done the security upgrades um, at Parliament House. I mean, bollards. I mean, yeah. if we can afford bollards, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, what about well, castration? Well, how serious are you about wanting a 200K job? If that's you're right. not going to get it. <laughs> and that's just based. I mean, what about all the other kickbacks they're getting? Oh, plenty that's right. of them. Yeah, all those little under-the-table stuff. I'm oh, sure yeah. there's a bit going on. Mm. Commonwealth cars, staff, yeah. officers. I mean, that's got to be up into the four five hundreds right there. Definitely yeah. worth a snip. I would say so. Yeah. So do you think they're doing us proud? I mean, I'm sceptical, actually, about parliamentarians. I think they might be just having a lark mm. down there in Canberra. Oh, they're still, they're still going through the motions, aren't they? They're not having a game of cricket in one of the corridors, are they? No. The, mm. the lads. Mm. No. Way. But since... they're in a bubble, aren't they? Like, we, do we truly know what happens there in a, in a normal sitting day? Like, I don't, I don't, like, I mean, are they there at seven in the morning? Are they, I could see them rolling up at nine or ten, you know what I mean? Staff looking after everything. They're always know. banging on about how hard they're working. Yeah, yeah. but I don't think they are. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see one of these blokes survive one day in the private sector. <laughs> one day. I I'd don't like think to see one on a work site in a portal do. See how they survive that. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. I mean, think about like question time. Like sometimes I see these guys just mucking about in question time, and I start, and I just think I get fired for saying that. Yeah, well, I get fired for putting phones. that in an email. Yeah, or oh. just like, you know, getting, being addressed by the opposition leader and the, and they're sitting there with their back turns looking at their phones. I mean, as a public servant, yeah. that's just par for the course. That's what we yeah. do every day. But. I just go into the cubicle and do that for 10 minutes. <laughs> sure. I have to, you know, but they just do it straight out there in the open. Yeah, and I mean, it's televised live, you know, and they, they don't care. I, I think mean, a, lot of the, a lot of the bluster is because those faceless backbenchers, they mm. all wear glasses, so you can't really see if they're awake or not <laughs> of the glare of the, of the yeah. camera. But uh, sometimes they just startle awake. They're in the middle of a bad dream. They'll yeah. wake up and just start yelling. <laughs> And that's, that's what you hear on Question Time. So, <laughs> it's just blokes waking just up. An, just an old it's man waking up. Yeah, just yeah, a man yeah. waking. That's right. Okay. I mean, what are, are there any suggestions on how we can kind of fix this? I mean, we have to fix it and we have to fix it quickly as we mm. always do. Yes. I mean, is Canberra itself the problem? Do we have to move the capital elsewhere? Is, that Canberra, is Canberra actually still the capital? Is that what's happened? Well, like what, is, what is it? Well, well it's, yeah. It's, yeah Academically know. and officially it is, but in the hearts of Australians, no, I don't think so. Not at all. It's fucking no. ambitious, wasn't it? Those wide yeah. roads are very ambitious. Sometimes <laughs> you go to like an orange or a long reach, you go, why are these roads why are so fucking what? It's for road trains. But Canberra, mm. they were just built wide, thinking, oh, we'll yeah. need this. We'll mm. need four mm. lanes each way. Mm down North Boulevard or whatever it is, and uh, not required. <laughs> mm, freezing as fuck, uh, in the middle of nowhere, yeah. terrible terrain. Yeah. I mean, do we want that as our capital when we've got a beautiful glistening harbour here in Sydney? Yeah, I don't that's think right, it's right, mate. Mm. I mean, should we just turn Parliament House into an F45? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything else has been turned into one. There's a lot of heritage listed F45s out there. <laughs> Why not add Parliament House to the list? Have a go. You're gonna need a heap of crocodile tears. Don't you know they'll always be our gold? And keep denying your ungodly smear until we improve again in the polls. No encounters on a current affair. 
your stuff, destroy those three mug shots. Shred your documents and those records and sue your accuser for the lot. You harassed her in the workplace. It's time to save face and cover up. Time for stints on the back bench until we clear the stench and cover up. The corridors of power have long been a hotbed of sex and sleaze. That culture, you will all know, is not restricted to government or opposition to Labor or Liberal or, frankly, the media. You harassed her in the workplace. It's time to save face and cover up. Time for a stint on the back bench until we clear the stench and cover up. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. But why would I apologize? I want the point. Didn't let people leave. But you seem to wind him up and then he, you know. I don't care. But why would I apologize? I mean, dude's got how many slams? How much money in the bank account? I think you can take a ball to the chest, bro. Did you aim it straight at? I actually was going for it. Going for it. I wanted to hit him square in the chest. Chest, chest, chest. Best country in the world. On this podcast, we're always trying to sort Australia out. Damn straight. We've got a tough job on our hands here mm. today because mm. the Canberra rot—it's extremely deep seated. It is. It's a complex web, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's mired in legislation and blokes. <laughs> yeah. Terrible combination. So yeah. luckily, we've got a few suggestions mm. uh, on how to turn this around for the good of the nation. Yep. Do you want to kick things off, mate? I do, mate. Um, uh, and let me just say right right off the bat that these are serious. These yeah. are very, very serious. Well, you can tell um, by the sombre nature of, and the tone that we're speaking in. That's right. And on, this, this is, is fucking serious. This shit. is not just a bloody couple of blokes canvassing bullshit ideas. This is a serious proposal. We've thought deeply and for a long period of time. That's right. On now. This. Where I would start, mate, is with the, the government in power, the Liberal Party. Okay, now they've uh, they've had a pretty good run. They've done well. They've kept us afloat through yep. COVID, yada yada yada. But they've really hit a few run aground of recent times. They're struggling a bit. Mm. Number of reasons we won't go into. Yep. So I think what they need to do is probably do a root and branch review and just blame everything on the Nats. Um, so we just establish a new coalition. So get rid of the get rid of the country party. Get rid of Barnaby Joyce, uh, Michael McCormack, et al. Um, and it makes sense, really, because basically, I mean, no one's going west anymore anyway. No. You know, there's a mouse plague out there, so we don't really care. We're not going out there. So maybe um, the Liberal Party gets through the National Party and time to link with another major party. I was thinking the Big yeah. Four, maybe? So yeah, the Big okay. Four Banks. Um, yeah, so I think it's the Liberal Party. Well, I mean, they're already in bed with the yeah. Big Four Banks, aren't they? I mean, it's a, it's like a, it's like a, an unofficial partnership, isn't it? Yeah. They look after them, you look after us. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, I think the Big Four stands up as a political party. I mean, uh, they like to rip off the dead, um, yep. but unlike the Nats, they're not acting like. But personal. they're profitable. Yeah, that's right. And, Profits uh, and, trump everything. And that's right. And unlike the Nats, they're not acting like personal trainers with their clients. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and they run our lives already anyway. So, um, uh, so I think a new coalition is the way to go. That's interesting. I think mm. um, your call for the removal of the National Party. I mean, mm. one way we could potentially achieve that is we just convince everyone in Australia to move to the coasts, which <laughs> they're doing anyway. Yes. So if we just have make sure everyone in Australia is living literally in the coastline yeah. of Australia. Or, They'll all just naturally want to vote for yeah. the Liberal Party. Or we could just rezone electorates so there's none in the country. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we probably, probably an easier way of doing it, just yeah. rezoning. Might need a little bit of an overhaul of the electoral role, but, yep. but I think that's the only way to fix the Liberal Party and get Australia back on track because otherwise, I mean... You know, we're not going to side with the well, not we. Sorry, the Liberal Party is never going to side with the Greenies, are they? Like no. the Green Party. I mean, that's just chalk and it's cheese. Them outro, yeah. I mean, I mean, we don't understand. Or sorry, the Liberal 
party don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, why do I keep saying that? I, I mean, don't know why. <laughs> uh, they don't understand net zero emissions, do they? No. So they can and never, they never will. They can never side with the Greenies. So okay. um, otherwise, yeah, if they want to, they could um, just stop climate change with a grant for a new arts hub in Darlinghurst. Yeah, you're always <laughs> you're always bringing arts grants into this, and rightly so. Um, okay, mate, I've got one. So. Yep. Parliamentarians, we own these blokes, we vote them in. Yep. They work for us. Yep. I think we should get to approve their expenses. Yeah. So I work in the private sector. Yep. And at my workplace, if you have any expenses, whether it's, you know, taxi or phone or yep. you know, entertaining clients or whatever it is, yep. you have to file those expenses in an online portal yep. um, with a description for each receipt. Yep. And then your line manager has to approve that as valid for reimbursement. Yep. Can we set up like an online system where MPs, you know, have to get a majority approval for every receipt that they upload? Yeah. Um, or it could be as easy as like a Twitter poll. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining like a Labor minister uploading some receipt for $50 yep. worth, you know, with the explanation, like yep. a meeting with constituents. Yep. Normally this would just be ticked off. Mm. And then some online sleuths actually look into it yep. and they realise actually the listed address is that of a dodgy massage parlour in Ashfield. <laughs> so... Obviously, a real giveaway that the you know receipt is printed in Cantonese and handwritten. <laughs> Still approve it though. Still approve it. Yeah, yeah. But just let us have the visibility into where you know our tax dollars are going. I think that's a good idea. The and transparency I like that. is what I'm talking about here. Well, let's just bring a bit of transparency yep. back, and also remember that we vote you in. We should be approving everything. That's right, and I like including the fact that your you extracurriculars, <laughs> including your extracurricular. Massages. Hmm. Uh, I like the fact that you haven't set a threshold there too. Fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah I think a, a one cent of the national purse is one cent of our money. Yeah, and everything should be signed off. Everything. I wonder if that would have saved Barry O'Farrell back in the day. I mean, you know, there's... I always think every day about Barry O'Farrell and how he could have just, if he just doubled down, yep. he'd still be in power. I mean, New block... South Wales would be a different place. That's right, and I don't think blockchain was around back then, so no. he probably no one could track it back. No. So he would have been fine, I think. Yeah, and I remember Bronwyn Bishop's uh, helicopter as well. Yeah. I mean, don't start that thing until I have a look at this on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a good idea. Okay, so uh, my other uh, other idea too is just a little one, just a little tweak yeah. um, that I think can get us back on track, and that's just basically to overhaul Australia's ideology. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Basically, whoever's in power should be um, should be mandated that they need to mimic a commie stronghold. Yeah. Right. So because we need to copy these big dogs uh, that that believe in communism. You know, your Chinas, your Russias, your New Zealands. Uh, we really need to have a look at what they're doing because have you ever heard a resentful word said from the constituents in those countries? Never. Never heard a bad word no. for, about the government, have you? And that's what we need in Australia. So we need to adopt their policy. So I'm thinking stuff like um, you know, mass surveillance, yep. um, oppression and lionising Scott Morrison in a calendar. Well, that's interesting because yeah. I know for a fact that there are some New Zealanders out there who aren't so happy yeah. with Jacinda Ardern, but you never really hear about it. You have to go to New Zealand or you have to have family members who you talk to to mm. actually understand that. Mm. Is there some kind of firewall in place in New Zealand? <laughs> or <'Cause>, they... <laughs> and maybe that could be a solution. Or have they just all been like quarantined in Invercargill maybe? Yeah. Where there's no be. Wi-Fi. Yeah, possibly. Okay. So <laughs> so basically, so I think if we go down the Putin, uh, Xi Jinping, Ardern track, okay. we need to really put Morrison, Prime Minister Morrison up on, on a pedestal and put him in a calendar. Uh, right. So I think just pictures of him fishing, you know, driving a carbon guzzling four-wheel drive along Wanda Beach, yep. uh, you know, riding a horse shirtless at a Sharks game. Okay. I think that would be great for national morale. Yeah. And then I think we would see a lot of unrest about our political parties just magically dissolve into thin air. Okay. So just overhaul yeah. ideological, uh, yeah. the ideology of Australia. The, okay. the only potential drawback is that it would require the ostracising of Albo. 
So he might need to take a bit of a backseat and some nerve agent. Well, when we yeah, when we move to a one-party system, I think he'd be happy to take a backseat. Yeah, yeah. I mean a real, real backseat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like exiling from the country. Yeah. Well, Alexei Navalny backseat. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay, I've got one. Uh, so again, it comes it comes back to getting value as yep. taxpayers. So yep. basically. And you would have read about this, the golden handshake, the parliamentary pension <laughs> yeah. that uh, that long-serving MPs are entitled to just by virtue of having served for a lengthy period of time. Yep. Basically, they get, you know, I actually read that taxpayers could save $350 million if yep. the government abolished perks, giving retired politicians six-figure pensions for life. Jeez, that's a decent windfall, isn't it? We could do with that money. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not actually suggesting we scrap the plan yep. entirely. I mean, and I appreciate the need for passive income in retirement, <laughs> and these politicians have given their lives for us. But let's get some value yep. out of this cost. So I suggest that all retired parliamentarians are asked to shut the fuck up <laughs> as a condition of receiving that pension. And I think that would be worth the, the three hundred fifty million, or at least they have to promise not to tweet. Yep. So, I mean, what about Rudd and Turnbull? No one can shut Rudd and Turnbull up, and we've never had no. more ex prime ministers than we've ever had. Well, I mean, there's no, about five hundred of them running around at the moment. Yeah, there's a too many. Back in the day, there was like ex. two or three living prime ministers, and yeah. then, when they spoke. You listened. Yeah. Now there's so much noise out yeah. there. I hear them in the headlines every day, yeah. Rudd and or Turnbull, sometimes together. Yeah. We're bearing the brunt of the PM boom, aren't we? Yeah, we the, are. Of the, of, the, of the bloody Axeman era when they were just spending 18 months in office and then just getting lopped. That's right, mate. I mean, I would just like to see millions of tax dollars funneled into a program to help failed, failed politicians feel relevant post-politics. Okay. Yep. So to give yep. them kind of some sense of being, yeah. you know, a reason to live. Okay. I think that's what they're lacking. I mean, they get, what, thousands of dollars yep. uh, per month just for existing. Yeah. But I think they're just bored and lonely. Well, maybe we could. That's a good way to use Andrew Lemming's empathy training. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So two birds, one stone. That's a good idea. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe we need to apply some kind of garnishy per character. So, you know what I mean? Like every time you write a letter and tweet it, okay, yeah. well, I'm going to take one of your staffers off you yep. or you're going to lose your bloody flight privileges. I think that's a bloody good idea, mate. I think so. Yeah. Good any others? No. Cool. It's all about a fair go for those who have a go. This is the best country in the world.